Hey, this is Aaron Carnes. We started this podcast in 2021 to promote my book, In Defense of Ska. Since then, the podcast has grown into its own thing. I've been working on an expanded second edition. I interviewed new people, edited every chapter, and there's a new final chapter, 30,000 new words. The expanded second edition of In Defense of Ska will be released on October 29th, 2024. Can you do something for me? Pre-order it right now at clashbooks.com under the books tab. The more copies it sells in advance, the more it'll get people to support ska music. Thanks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pabst Blue Ribbon has long been considered the official beer of punk rock. But does it also belong to ska? If you would have asked me this question a year ago, I would have probably said no. But then a funny thing happened in 2021. Pabst started to tweet about ska, and not just the mainstream 90s stuff. They were talking about ME330 and Asian Man Records. And then even more peculiar, they were building song playlists and including new ska bands like Catbite, Kill Lincoln, and Grey Matter. So what's going on? Why does Paps like Ska so much? In this episode, we aim to get to the bottom of this mystery. Aaron, do you like to drink Paps with Blue Ribbon? Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems to have a very a very strong punk rock allegiance. I mean, I remember the band The Lestistics had a t-shirt um, based on the Paps Blue Ribbon logo. Yeah. Just where they'd taken out Paps Blue Ribbon and put Lestistics. I think that's kind of a a thing that a lot of punk bands have done. The thing about Pabst and about those types of beers was they're so cheap. So they just became adopted by punk rockers. You could buy like a, a 12 pack for like an, a ridiculously low amount. So you can regret it and you guys can all, you know, have several beers each. You know what else is cheap? What? Water from the tap. It's true. Yeah. You know, it's not cheap. What? Liquid death. A hey, liquid death sponsored the show. <laughs> I'm serious. I'll drop. I'll plug liquid death all day. Yeah, Liquid Death, please sponsor us. Or Pabst, either of you guys, please. It's a race to the finish. <laughs> we are excited to have um, Pabst Blue Ribbon with us today. The official punk rock beer. So does Pabst Blue Ribbon also also like ska then? Uh, yeah, I'd say ska almost. I mean, I don't know. Yes, I think that Pabst Blue <laughs> Ribbon enjoys all, all types of music as a brand. I okay. think that like... We have to quickly address the fourth wall of like this conversation where it's like clearly like the brand, especially in the Twitter ska space, is driven by an individual who, uh, being myself, Corey is like, uh, yes, connected to ska and punk and wrestling figures. Uh, so personally, yes, on ska, perhaps Blue Ribbon as a brand holistically i think yes on any music or sounds that like All give right. people the inspiration or positive vibes they need that's the official answer for that's the, okay so. <laughs> from corporate, <laughs> corporate right, yeah, yeah, we, corporate. Had, uh, we were we, we were we wanted to address that first 
Good. All right. Well, Corey, before we'll we go get back in, to communicating as brand now, before we get into your story, let's talk about now. There has been a few beverage brands who have talked positively about ska on uh, on Twitter. So let's go. Let's run through them and let's see if we can decide uh, if Love who's it. the most ska. Uh, obviously, I assume you're going to uh, campaign for Paps Blue Ribbon, but we also got. I mean, Sure. I mean, but I, I, you guys know way more than I do about this. So I'm interested to hear. I, I know that Arizona just has like a loose, we've actually had meetings with them. I was asking them about it. I was like, yo, what's up? Yeah. Uh, so okay, I'm interested so let's, to hear let's your thoughts with... on that one. Or yeah, let's, let's hear about Arizona. Means. I want to hear about your meetings because oh, well, yeah, they've, they've tweeted about ska and they've been positive about ska, but yeah, I, I'd like to know a little casual bit more about, about it. it. They were like, oh, that thing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that thing, that whole like uh, subculture. That is like, dude, I mean, that's what the brand is like. That is all the brand is. It's, it's like subcultures that are like literally permeating the mainstream now. And you could argue or like, I think even like metrically outperforming like what has been traditionally considered mainstream. Mm -hmm. So, oh, so while, Arizona, they, yeah. they did not, they're like, uh, you know, they just like, oh yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. They, I think they're just, I think that, they like ska, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a but we're not even sure they know what ska is. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps they know something. Yeah. But even but I'm, all I'm saying is, even in the meeting, they weren't like super. They were just like, yeah, you know. I was like, oh, okay, it was cool. Real casual. I was like, all right. Okay, no, so perhaps I'm going to sit call right now. Perhaps perhaps is in, more into ska than Arizona. Yeah. Perhaps as I don't know, as, I don't know. As, they could be way more. In, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> here I am, like but from, from the it, information like, wow. that we've just gathered. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, give it to Pat. Like the way they've been so like casual about it is like it's definitely a nod. You know what I mean? True. It's like true. some older. It's like some older scene shit. Oh, you think they're more into like you know '80s ska? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they <laughs> maybe we could be talking. We could be talking second or third wave here. I mean, I'm only gonna really be talking about fourth and on. All right. Sorry, guys. I mean, <laughs> okay. skank and pickles as far back as, as as I know, and I'm really into it. And then it just all goes from there. Gotcha. And I'm saying that they could potentially be others, but what are some of the other, what are some of the other brands that you think Okay, so in the now, it used to be, Surge used to really, they used to dominate the uh, social media cosmos. I do remember that, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I haven't really heard much from them lately, so I'm not sure. And how deep um, would they, how like, how deep would they get? Well, I mean, they would, do you remember any of their tweets? I mean, they would just randomly tweet about ska, un, un, unprovoked. Yeah, I haven't heard a peep from they them. They wouldn't lately. talk about like common writer though. They it would be off uh, ID maybe at the at the yeah. Or, would they talk or, about? Or are you saying they're all the way in, <laughs> Adam? I I I think it was much more service level. Yeah, I think it was much more like a '90s okay. goofy third wave connection. See, like I don't think it's. I want to talk about that. It, you want to talk about that? Old enough to, I'm old enough, yes, to be a, like really to to remember. Like it was not, it was not ironic in like the, in the late nineties, especially not in the Midwest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was not ironic. I agree. <laughs> I, I think this was a, um, after the fact, um, sort of thing that has kind of come about, about ska. Um, and it's definitely yeah. a part of it now, mm -hmm. like in the current scene. Yeah. Though it's like, it's self-aware. And is that, is that just like, is that what it should have been back in the day? I mean, I don't know. I think the music like—is it just more fun? It, like it seems more fun now, less guarded now. Well, I think it was fun. I just think it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't 
full of irony, but there also wasn't, you know, now we have social media. So that just encourages irony and in jokes and stuff. But there's and, so much cool stuff though, that like, I wouldn't have found through like mail order, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. you get to see through like YouTube. Yeah. Like who's the, like the kid it's like, is it it's called Scott tune network? Yes. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. That shit is incredible. Yeah. And now so I'm like, I love it. Yeah. I love it then. And I love it now. It's so sick. And who knows, there might be kids out there discovering ska through uh, Paps Blue Ribbon tweets. <laughs> I mean, realistically, there might be. <laughs> there really might, you know? Young kids, under 21, that, following Paps Blue Ribbon. You know? find yeah, it, find yeah. if you're following 21, it, it, I mean, the bio, it says 21 plus. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, okay. you have to be an adult. Okay. So that's so... why we can like, yeah, we like cuss and stuff, which is like, people are like, you can cuss. And... I mean, I think so. <laughs> So like, perhaps I say perhaps is still ahead because Surge just I feel like is out of the game now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Nope. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. The, the last one's gonna be difficult to assess because they're not really active on social media, but hey. they're innately wrapped up in ska, and that's ska brewing the uh microbrewery of course, of out of, of course. Out of Colorado. Which I would that would be interesting to find more out about because like that, you know, like. They had a like, did they have like official like bands on that shit? I feel like they had like a Mephiscopheles or thing, or is that am I making that up? They have like, uh, they occasionally put on shows at their um tap room, like ska shows. So, okay, so I feel like they were like putting people on the bands with some of the beers and like the yeah, I mean, when like the early 2000s, I, I think they started actually in the 90s. They, they're actually one of the country's Dude. oldest microbreweries, interestingly. Is that in Colorado? It's in Colorado, I think. Um, Durango is is the the first one was in Durango and they I think they have another one in, in Denver. Have you uh, have you had them on the podcast or anything? I have not. I met uh, one of their representatives. It's an interesting story. A friend of mine. Like, what's the story? Do you know? Yeah, uh, I it's, it was like a couple of years ago, but a friend of mine interviewed me for his beer podcast just because we're friends, and he also was interviewing uh, a representative for Scott Brewery at the same time. So as I got to meet uh, one of them, and uh, yeah. It just sounds like they're beer lovers who were big into ska in the 90s when they started and they just decided, hey, why not ska brewery? And <laughs> But it, it's legit though. You can yeah. tell that like just even from the aesthetic, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that it's not it's not corny. Like it's from the scene or from the style, which I, I always thought was really cool. And they've partnered with bands. And at the time, this was like probably two, Hell three yeah. years ago, they, I think they were just partnering with Rancid on a beer um, oh hell yeah! So I was they, listening to Lars on a on a podcast today. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so they did Rancid. I mean, Rancid. I mean, then so the, yeah, because they're big. I mean, yeah, they're nationwide they're, distributed craft beer. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see them sometimes at uh, various liquor stores where I live, which is Sacramento. So they're around. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I would. That would be an interesting one for sure. I wonder if that comes from like, like whoever started it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah was clearly probably in like that that'd be interesting to to know that like the story of that person for sure but so yeah i'm not sure what do we uh, say Pabst versus i'm gonna Scott say that Scott, i'm, I'm I, no i'm gonna say that ska brewing hands down is the og of ska in not only beer but in brands because like a there it's <laughs> in mean, the name it, it, it's the <laughs> fucking name and then b you can tell like i said from the style from the aesthetic and then C, like you guys are saying, you're like, oh yeah, they did shit with Rancid. Like, I mean, come on. 
That's yeah. it. Those are the goats right there. Yeah, and they and they're still in business. They've lasted the legends, dude. They've gone through the the, the poor years of ska. They've they, the brand has a beer has done well. So oh, hey. shit. I wonder is ska like the scene now, like hip to do it? Are they like the, tapped into that? I don't know. I see like... I see people occasionally mention it, but I don't feel like it comes up much. Huh. So yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to figure that out. We'll definitely have to talk to Scott Brewery. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. That's I think that's a yeah, it's cool for sure. Oh, so before before we move on to you, I, I need to know what do you think about Bud Light? Just in general. Uh <laughs> mid. I mean, it's fine. I mean, just the reality is Bud Light, like their job is to do what they're doing. Like we're lucky because like a part of our job, and I say we as a brand as Pabst Urban, like is always going to be perpetually uh allowed permissibility to like punch up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially with those guys. Like, but dude, and I'm like, yeah, they got post blown, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, dude, they have to have post blown those. Like their whole game is like securing that they sell a fuck one a fucking ton of beer, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's like easy and i'm sometimes I'm like dude that's lame and i keep going at him but <laughs> i i just i save it for like hopefully like rare occasions you know what i mean like federal holidays at this point or something because <laughs> uh, they're like they're cool you know i mean they're fine they're cool they're fine all those brands are fine you know what i mean and we get to be like so crazy i mean like i will go to like then i mean our marketing team is four people five oh, yeah. no four oh. you know what i mean uh yeah like I, we go to dinner and like the whole like like the owner of paps and like and us are like at a table you know what i mean it's just like not a it's it's a big brand it's not a giant business though and so we have like a ton of like autonomy and like ability to have transparency which i think then goes back to like ska but really dude it's just about like I don't know. It's just like DIY. Like everything that we're into is that, you know, if it's that version of music, you know, then it's usually like a punk or a ska, you know, if it's that version of like sports, then it's like deathmatch wrestling in fucking KC halls in Detroit, like that I was at on Friday. You know what I mean? It's like, it's that where it's like, we're all the way in on some shit. And I think the reality is, it's like, you only like the world is kind of now too. And the world always kind of has been, and that like technology has allowed like those communities, I think, to like, really foster and like flourish, you could say, because of social media. It's like the one like best thing about social media. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, you guys are doing that. You have a fucking book. It's like on the New York Times and shit, you know? It's like mm-hmm. about like realizing there's like a, you know, it's the thousand fan theory, right? Like mm-hmm. we're so much closer to that now than ever. So like with the brand, we're just like, it's small, Bud Light's big. We have an ability to like, we only have, we can afford to only be really like in the ska and like, you know, like tsunami and like the coolest, like hardest bands, but then I, and some other shit too, you know, but I don't know. It's yeah, they're, they're month, you know, they're big. So it's easy for us to be like, you guys suck. And they never like fucking even mess back. Sometimes they do, but I don't know. PBR people, the rats or whatever, they're like, I mean, they're relentless, so I don't know. It's just wild. This cool though. Which it's like it's trying to build. It's like trust, though. You know, I, I was I was writing notes before uh, the interview, and one of the things I was talking about is like mail order is fun, mm-hmm. uh, and like Asian man, and like 
Mike Park and like, I don't know, just like the physicalness of that. And like, cause we have a PO box that we set up recently. And like, if you send us like a self-addressed stamp envelope, we'll send you three like nice stickers, you know, when they're all like different designers each time. And like, we're just doing stuff through there because we want to have such like a, I don't know, there's such a lack of that at this point of like tangibility, you know? Yeah. And I was just writing down in my spot notes about that. And like nice. Asian man and, and just wanted to yeah make sure I'd talk about that shit because so I think that like that's that's ultimately what this is like with the scotch it's just like that's what the PBR brand is doing if you could if it's like if people are like this is such good marketing it's like <laughs> I don't know I guess it's really just the shit we're into you know yeah it's wild because you're basically taking you're basically taking business tips from from Mike working out of his parents garage for a gigantic you know worldwide brand I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> look incredible. how many brands bigger and smaller than us will come and will go while Michael's still be in his mom's garage, you know, like, yep. dude's the, the goat, you know what I mean? Like, there'll be like documentaries and books and shit about my part. So, Corey, um, and your last name, how do you pronounce your last name? Smale? Smale. Smale, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. So, tell us a little bit about um, where you're from and when you got in, when and how you got into ska. Okay, sure. I'm from Southern Missouri. I grew up in like, yeah, I was like close to the city being St. Louis, about an hour. So um, how did I get really into it? Um, I think the first, like, I think the first thing I've figured out was like Rancid, Life Won't Wait, which came out in 1998. Mm-hmm. And was like, that was something you could access to by having cable, you know, because it was on like 120 minutes. And then through that, you like it opened it up. I, I was just thinking about like uh I've been listening to these wrestling podcasts of like these tapes of Jim Ross when he was like broadcasting in Atlanta in like 1993, and it's like kids calling up with like, uh oh, JR, I heard that like and it's just dude, it's wild. It, it just makes me think about like this conversation and like getting into these bands and shit and like how like it was much more of a manual process, you know? Oh yeah, um, definitely. And it took like a lot longer. And I don't think it was better or worse. I just think that, like, when you talk about, when you ask, like, questions like this and give answers like this, it's like, well, like, I can tell you it started kind of with that album, you know? But then also, in St. Louis, uh, we could get the radio for, like, like it was 88.1, which is KDHX, which is a community radio, um, kdhx.org. Uh, and there was a show called Ska's the Limit with Paul Stark, and it was on Friday nights. And it was pretty like it was pretty legendary. Um, mm-hmm. And they would have like Scott and like shows like that at the Casa Loma Ballroom. And like it was there. I discovered like ME330 and Johnny Sacco and like, I don't know, it just all kind of unlocked pretty quick at that point, you know? Yeah. And then so- I was in I mean, I was like at the same time, I should say, like playing drums and like starting bands and like. Yeah. So we were. You know, I was, yeah, playing in a band near kind of where I was from. And it was called Disputed. And it was like punk slash ska. Meaning like we will always have a rhythm section, I guess. And sometimes horns or varying degrees of it, as you know, it is. Uh, <laughs> so it was just like one of those kind of bands. But that was like an unlocked like touring and DIY and like, that's the brands like that's bands are brands and that was like early like kind of hands-on experience so that's kind of the introduction when did disputed start 
I think Brandon started in maybe like 1998 or 99. Okay. And then I met him in like, I think of the summer of 99. So I probably start, we probably were in it like, we were young. Like our parents would like take us to shows and shit. Yeah, I think so like 98 or 99. So we're in, we we're like 14 and 15. What were some of those shows that your parents were dropping you off to? Like the Creepy Crawl. Yeah. Which was kind of a, yeah, really, yeah. If you've been through St. Louis, that was kind of a super well-known venue. Yep. And now people talk about it, you know, and it's like, yeah, it was cool. We're very fortunate to like get to, yeah, kind of grow up in that world. And like they'd have shows on Saturdays where they started like, I don't know, 3.15 in the afternoon. <laughs> I mean, it that was names. insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like it was sunny while the show was like happening and over still. But <laughs> it's a good time for like, you know, kids essentially to get like on on stage and like, I don't know, they sell eight tickets to their friends and family and like that's enough, you know. So sure. yeah, we get to like we do shows like that, you know. And then um just kind of through a series of things, like I would just like at the same time I got like so like social media is just getting it started, you know, there's like email and AOL and all that shit, you know. And so it wasn't like uh you know, obviously Twitter and all that stuff, but like I remember we would like reach out to bands, we reach out to labels, uh, just trying to get like, a, you know, just to do anything we could, you know. Did you ever send a demo to Asian Man Records? Yeah, we got the, uh, the you know, he would like write the letter. Uh -huh. We got a letter written back, but he was just like, I forget what he said specifically. It wasn't mean or nothing. Uh, we got the one from Fat Records where they had like a check checkbox, you know. Yeah. Uh, I forget where else, but yeah, we did all that shit for sure. It was the best. It was fun. And then we started like, like, Amy 30 would be like, I mean, that's when they were like going, going, you know? Yeah. Um. So we'd see them sometimes. They come through and it was cool, man. Like they bring like alkaline trio with them. Mm -hmm. And like, it was that. So then that was like a whole other world of like finding out about, you know, I was like, what, this, wait, there's, you know, I mean, I knew what Amy 30 I was like, okay. And then like to see them like playing with the bands they were playing with was super cool too. So um, we actually, I would just email Dan or the ME30 email and <laughs> just be like, yo, we love your bands. Like we are, we just, we come to all the shows, we, you know, and we start to like, just kind of go back and forth and they were just like, yo, you guys just want to play with us sometime? We were like, yes, you know? And uh, they would have these like legendary, legendary kind of like holiday shows, their toys for tots, you know? And, like they get like a thousand freaking people, you know? And so we got, we played with one of those, with them on one of those. And like, I don't know, that was like, that was super cool. Uh, and just, I don't know. You could just kind of go for it. There wasn't a lot of those kind of bands in St. Louis at the time. Did you get to hang out but, with the members of uh, ME230 at all? Um, Yeah, with Dan a little bit. And then, you know, we would just see, you just see like Rob, like at shows, you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. you see Ted, um, Ted had a couple other bands. He had this other band called Climber. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like, they were an emo band. I mean, they were cool though. And yeah, we'd see them and, yeah we'd see a lot of those we'd see a lot of the other stuff that those guys were doing oh hang on i have a correction ted was not in climber ted's um wife was oh, in yeah. climber ted was in a with and his wife were in a band i think it was called the gira and i think that it's still yeah. a band yep yeah i think ted sometimes yeah, played, played in climber um I oh, for, okay maybe that's that always sense. in the band but it was definitely okay Heather yeah it was also in the band okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 i remember being inspired by those guys and like then it was just super cool. All those people were super cool to us. And it was like, yeah, man, we would like, we, we have friendships with them and like Joey and all those dudes. Cause it was like, and it was cool. Cause they, they knew we were younger and also like 
just like geographically, like we're not from St. Louis City or like the like we were kind of removed from that scene, you know. So like they knew we had the we were going to get it, you know what I mean? Like we'd show up and 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 play and like bring friends and shit, and it'd be like you know an hour and shit for them to come out to the shows and shit. So um, it was cool that they were open and super supportive of like kind of bringing the scene in you know what i mean and like the next generation so really cool to see that and like have that band be from st louis i think mg30 like not just on a ska but just kind of on like a diy touring band level is probably like i mean that's, that's legendary you know what i mean they really so, did it in such an original way we'll be right back after this Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. What was the specific city you guys were from? I was from a town called Festus, and then Brandon was from uh, DeSoto, which is essentially where the band was from. Did was there any? What was the scene like in those in that city? Uh, not really one. There was like a, a place <laughs> called CJ Teens, and it was like a teen nightclub. <laughs> like the owner was like, did it was sketch, and the but the owner would be like, I don't like he didn't care you know what i mean and so we would like book that and like do everything you know what i mean and like he just like open it and then like get money at the end of the night and that was fine i mean but it, it wasn't a scene like you get like 300 200 300 kids from high school to come which is a lot you know but like they're not they're not in like a scene they're just there to like you know what i mean they're not yeah, there to see their friends coming yeah yeah, yeah. so I wouldn't use the word scene for that, you know? And then, like I said, in St. Louis, it was like, it really kind of was. I mean, through 30 and like, man, they were just kind of doing it. There's that band called Orange Tree, which was Jason Nelson, mm-hmm. who who sang on, you know, in Chumps on Parade. Uh, yeah. He had, you know, another band called Orange Tree and they were pretty cool also. Uh, they were kind of ska, I think. I guess they were more like, it was like arena rock with horns. It was weird, but I liked that a lot too. Do you remember the name of their album? Uh, they had one called Fixing Stupid. That's the one. <laughs> and then they had another one after it called, that was called Self-Titled. So Fixing Stupid is more like Chums on Parade. And then the second one is more like Weezer with like horns. Yeah. But they were good. I mean, Jason is a tremendous singer. Oh, he's a great singer. Yeah. So I just, I just remember that the yeah. MET 30 guys, whenever that band would come up, they would just say Fixing Stupid. Like, and I just remember Dan felt really weird because I think Jason had put a picture of his kid on the cover, <laughs> and it said fix. And he's yeah. like, "Why would you do that to that kid?" I don't know. How's that yeah. kid doing now? Yeah, I know. Hopefully, that kid, you know, is okay. 
Jason, yeah, you if you know. hear this, tell us tell us that your kid's okay. Yeah, what's up? I think he's. I'm. I'm I know he still is like active in this. Like I think it's like covers and like sings and man, that's cool. I mean, use your talent. You know what I mean? Forever and ever. Yeah. So the first time uh, I saw yeah. you, the first time I saw you tweet about ska, it was you basically said that you just went in and said Mike Park. Mike Park's a legend. Um. So Mike it was, Park was a goat. Yeah. So was Asian Man and, and Mike Park and stuff, was that some of your favorite stuff at the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I got way... So once I discovered me 30, and it was Asian Man, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. I got... I was really into Johnny Sacco. Mm-hmm. That was some oh, Midwest yeah. Full, tra- shit, you know? full trucker effect? Fuck yeah, dude. Quattro, full trucker effect. They had a... Man, they had a couple other ones, too, that I would know if I... Like, I know the artwork, you know? But, dude, yes. And they were from, I think, Indiana or some shit. Um, but I love them. They and they were technical. They were very, very great players. Uh, I was into that band, the Glow Skulls, Link Eighty, Struggle Up in Ten Years, Plea, uh, Plea for Peace Tour Two Thousand in St. Louis. I remember uh, there was a fight. Freaking the uh, bouncer was like, I don't know, he was fucking somebody up in the crowd, and the drummer from the Blue Meanies. Dude, it was wild. I was like, let's go. Ozzy. I mean, that was young, wild, first time seeing that kind of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cool. It, I mean, it was like ironic, that being the name of the show, but uh, <laughs> cool to see that that was the plea for peace in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Wait, so, so that was wait, cool so the, Yeah, there Lake was 80 a f- was a big one. Wait, so uh, All the Asian men shit, for real. So there was a fight at this blue, blue plea for peace show that you were at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, the, tell, the, the, where was the, where was the show at? The, yeah, where St. Was the Louis. Show? I mean, what venue? Oh, it was called, I think it was called, uh, well, we played one of the shows at MVP 30 that it was called The Firehouse. It's okay. closed now. It's been closed for a long time. Do you know um, what, what what happened? What led to this fight? I don't, I think, I don't know. The the, the bouncer was just being like super aggressive uh, with uh, some of the, some kids, you know? And any like idea, any up, idea you know? who said it was during? Uh, I think it was saying it was during a blue meeting. Okay. Okay. So then the drummer so had, of the band got up and. Yeah, he had to get up and like you know break it up. Get rough himself. <laughs> I was like, let's go. I mean, it was cool. It was, I mean, it was like wow, you know. It was good. you saw like quickly kind of the best and the and the worst of, the, of like those worlds, you know. And like mm-hmm. I was just getting into going to shows. I only been going to shows maybe like three or six months before that, you know. I was like I was five, maybe fifteen, so it was a kind of a it was that was the first big like DIY. I mean, that's very DIY. Like that whole show was to see at that scale. I mean, you remember that tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on that tour. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was big. <laughs> like, that was, you know, there was a lot. That Think about this. That, that, I mean, in St. Louis, there was big. There was, like, probably five or 600 kids there. So I imagine, like, on the coast, I mean, there's thousands of kids at those shows, which is pretty fucking big for, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the biggest show on that tour was probably Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, I could be wrong, but... Um... It was the, the I think the first show of the tour was at the Metro. Damn, yeah, that, and that felt pretty massive. Yeah, do it's you cool. It's cool. It's cool to see how big that like that just DIY, you know. Yeah, has has been and continues to be. It just kind of comes and goes, though. You know what I mean? Especially with the scene. Do you remember that show, Adam? The one in St. Louis? I I don't actually, and I have a really good memory, but I I probably was outside or backstage somewhere when the fight broke out, but I could definitely see Bob breaking up the fight. <laughs> Probably not a big deal for you guys. I mean, <laughs> I was a kid, there was, was a, a lot of, a lot of fights at our shows. So 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cool though. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that whole thing, you're just asking what are the bands. I mean, really just kind of like, yeah, Asia Man adjacent. And then like through like vinyl and collecting, like then I got into like Moonstocks and muted some like cool shit on there. Was Potshot on Asia Man? They were. Yeah. I yeah. love Potshot. Yeah, I remember I remember being at Asian Man once and Mia was, you know, when they were doing mail order by phone, somebody was calling in an order and she was reading it back to them. And she she was like, okay, and you have a copy of uh, Pot Shots, Pots and Shots. And for some reason, that yeah. it cracked me up. That's like, so cool. <laughs> That's so sick, man. So Disputed, um, what was, how long did Disputed go for? Um, I, yeah, I think it was like the longest band I've ever been in. I think it was like two years. Two years, yeah, probably. And you, and you we spoke to a little we bit to doing some touring. What, what, so, how, what do you remember of that touring? Where were you guys going? Um, and how was it? How did it go? Um, we were like kids, you know. What sure. I mean? So it went okay. I mean, I think it was like we would. I'd say we go to like the maybe six, five to six states around Missouri is the extent of it. Yeah. Um, but when you're a kid. And you're on the road and like your That's job huge. is just to go to another place and play a show. I mean, we were in high school and shit, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. didn't go to like prom or like, you know, or none of that shit because we had like shows. Like it was tight, you know? I mean, I played a marching band and like, I loved it, you know? But then by like the 11th grade, you know, like games were on Fridays and it'd be like, oh no, we have shows, you know? Yeah. And so that was cool. And then like, I think that, you know, our, all of our parents were super supportive of that. And so, It'd be cool to like go and get to see and meet new people kind of on the weekend, especially in a town like I don't know. Um, you know how it is like when you, outside of some city like, of a city, it's like it can be kind of like country real quick, you know. And so it's cool mm -hmm. to see kind of other other parts of the world and like other just even parts of like the fucking Midwest, you know, when you're like a kid. So oh, definitely, I say that was probably the extent of it, but definitely good times. Lots of Taco Bell bean burritos. Um, Staple. I think just having vans with like VHS players and shit, like having bootlegs saved by the bell, like just, I don't know, being kids, being rowdy, having fun. We had CB yeah. radio. CB radio? The CB radio, you know, you'd be like, oh, yeah, we're on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's full trucker effect, you know? I'm going to play full trucker effect after this. That shit is hard. So, so what, what sort of conversations do you get into with these truckers? shit i don't remember that but they quickly knew we were fucking kids and we're like they're going <laughs> scared you know what i mean yeah yeah because like they're obviously close enough so it was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> that shit was fun though man i was yeah i miss it it was like did y'all ever have a radar detector it, in the van no that was some next level technology uh, I didn't it, get it there never worked well we had one for a second and it would always be like oh, i think there's speed tracks. i, oh, wait, do, do, no, there's I see people that still have those and i'm like I think they're a crock. I don't think they work. Or at least the one we I'm had like, didn't work. What? Yeah. I'm like that technology. I didn't even know the technology was still anything, but but no, we didn't have that. And we never had vehicles that would go fast enough to where that would be a concern. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It just took a long time to get places, you know, but it was fun. Definitely. So the drummer in the band. You said it was yeah, punk, yeah, yeah. punk and then ska. Okay, so the yeah, punk beat. Much. Do that, do that, do that, do that. What do you call sure. that? What do you call that beat? Uh, probably ha uh, do that or uh, half do time that? or yeah, I don't know. Like the, like the that, fast right? one, 
it's not a blast because it's not that fast. No, but, it's not a blast. Uh, uh, what would I call that? Isn't that halftime? Would it technically be halftime? I'm not. I like would think halftime would be more like the you know what you would play in a breakdown. Oh, so that would be like literally halftime. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Fat records. That, that's what I get a lot. Yeah, a lot of people say fat records. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. That owns a drum speed. <laughs> legend. A lot of people say the fat. Um, yeah, I don't know. That probably do that. I'll say do that. I like do that. That's really good. I think it's good. Sounds like a. Yeah, I don't know. I assume you played a lot of like DIY type shows. Yes. Does does any like what's the most weird or DIY ish show you played that like Uh, comes out in your head, sticks out in your mind? Yeah. We would okay. Well, in Carbondale, Illinois, called man, I'm forgetting. It's either called Sacred. I don't want to get it wrong. It's like a legendary DIY hardcore house. Definitely saw scary things as like. I don't know. It was just wild. It was wild while it was eye opening, uh, and now it's like it's 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 like known. And so now that I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that was kind of cool at the time. It was like wild. Uh, do you remember any of the, those? Do you remember any of those wild things? Uh, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> we, but we weren't doing drugs. I mean, we were kids. Like we were not. Yeah. I mean, they're just witnessing things. You know. Whatever. I'm not trying to be like a snitch. Like it was just eye opening. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was like, man, I forget the name of it, but there was a place in like southern Missouri, like deep southeast Missouri, redneck country. But it was like a a drag bar, and like it was nice, like it was cool. And they would have like punk bands come, and like we would play there, and it was fucking tight. Like they'd have like disco balls and like lights and like. Like, that's the shit with, like, there's no scene. You know what I mean? But, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like people don't... I, there was a lot of those types of shows. And maybe it's, like, not so much when you're on, like, a professional touring route. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you're on, like, a just, like, a... Like, we're not making a living doing it. We're just, like, oh, we could play here. You know? I mean, it's still, like, on Book Your Own Fucking Life. I think maybe the website by then. But still, like, just places you could call and, like, you know play so that was cool um so many skate parks before they were like endorsed by cities and like you know what i mean like taxpayers and they were just like gnarly uh so many just houses you know what i mean and basements of houses in the summer and like the midwest where it's just like fucking hot play with like nine bands or some shit you know what i mean where you kind of like live in your car for like the day uh but i love all that shit so i don't know like i can like hear the sounds of it when i talk the more i talk about it, it's interesting i haven't put that much like thought or time into it until this conversation in like a long long time sure and it's cool to recount it and like then it kind of taps into it you know it's a pretty cool to experience so aside from me 330 any other bands that you played with that you you know that you th- were known bands or or really good bands um johnny sacco oh nice there's a band called first grade crush um they were on jump up which is i think who put out the first or who put out fixing stupid who's out of chicago uh 
I'm trying to think. We would play with Lawrence Arms and Honor System actually when they were just kind of getting going. We'd we got to like we were cool with the Creepy Crawl also, which was sick. Shannon, because they were like older and like meaner, you know what I mean. But they were cool yeah. with us. And this dude Shannon who booked the shows, they let us play so many shows. We play like we play so many cool shows. Um, just because of that, we get to play the Slackers when they come. Uh, I don't know. St. Louis is kind of the spot where we get to do a lot of that. And then around the Midwest, like I said, in St. Louis, it was a very small scene of like this type of music. And it wasn't like a ton of it. Like you have to go more towards Chicago and shit, you know, um, to kind of start to then tap into like somewhat of a similar scene. I don't really remember Kansas City until even like being in punk bands and stuff, um, having a scene like that. But you guys know any bands from Kansas City? Ska bands? I uh, not top of my head, Adam. I can't think of any. Okay, I couldn't. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember. Like, I would go there a bunch once I started playing like punk bands, but um, don't remember like going there very much early on. But a lot of shit in like Champagne and like Chicago and you know what I mean. I found us going like yeah, Indianapolis and Illinois and like Scott was really kind of just in those kind of areas. Mm-hmm. Did you um, did you play with Johnny Sacco in in their hometown or did you play with them on tour? Um, we played him in Saint with them in St. Louis and then I think in, must have been Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah Columbia. That's that's where Missouri is at. We played out there with them. Did you yeah, uh, Kansas? They City. were so good. The they only... all lived in a house together, didn't they? Uh, I don't know which band. Uh, Johnny, Sockle. I think Johnny Johnny Sacco all lived in a oh, house maybe. together in Probably. Indiana. Dude, that did you sense. remember their merch table? It was like really advanced. Like they were taking credit cards and shit. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And they had stickers, shirts, CDs. I mean, they had like all that shit really, 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 really well like figured out. Maybe they were Quite taking impressive. them and not giving them back. <laughs> maybe oh so the only the only ska band i i looked it up really quick the gadgets they were from kansas city oh yeah gadgets um, were good i didn't know they were from yeah, kansas yeah. city yeah what did what did they what were they on what label were they on i believe that hellcat no they i feel like they were on hellcat actually they're oh yeah hellcat that sounds yeah. the label hepcat yeah. is the band that's right. the band that was on also that was on hellcat yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you, you guys when you, love this shit? Do we love this? Yeah. Spot. <laughs> love I mean, it. So check it out. It's like now it's like it's a time to love it, and then was a time to love it. But like, what's up within the middle? You know what I mean? Because like I think a lot of the new heads probably just it wasn't a thing ever. You know what I mean? But for y'all who are like in it right now and then in it then what is the like the downtime like what is that or was it not so much because like the scenes obviously were still going but like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like uh, kind of like on the i always say the ether when it kind of reaches like beyond not even like mainstream but just like kind of beyond the subculture into like the other subculture or whatever i feel like sure. ska is there right now and the last time it was there was like 1990 something you know um i was just wondering like what it was what is the like? Well, I, when you look at that now, do you agree with that? And then also, like, what is that kind of middle period? So I think it's just kind of our like, perception because, like, I got out of ska, like, in probably like two thousand two, two thousand three, and mm-hmm. that's around the time that all the people who were in kind of the newer ska bands started playing. So like, Cat by Kill Lincoln, Gray Matter, Bad Op, you know, when they were uh, Fatter Than Albert, 
uh, We Are the Union. All those bands were, were cutting their teeth at that time. So everybody sees these new ska bands. It's like, mm. oh, new ska bands. But really, a lot of these bands have been grinding for, you know, almost 20 years, some of them. Mm-hmm. 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 The scene right now represents, like, maybe not a lapsed generation, but, like, a connecting generation? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, 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 cool. And then that that's okay that makes more sense then because i'm like how else would you would it be is like connected to the culture authentically sure in a lot of ways you know what i mean all these all these bands like got into those bands and either they were able to see them when they were really young or they just got into them and all those bands were already broken up and they just had to start their own bands yeah and then some of the bands just kept on yeah that's wild like some of the bands like toasters or real big fish or less yeah yeah, big d those guys yeah. never stopped. Yeah. And then right, yeah, there was, right, right. there was some bands that got a little bit bigger in, in the mid two thousands, like big D or um, there was, you know, there was other bands that popped up like the fad or um, when did the fad start? Did the fad start in the mid two thousands or a little earlier? I'm not exactly sure. I know the album came out in 2008. Okay. Which like sounds so weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So like real big fish. I mean, like, yeah, bands like that would sort of, I mean, toaster, I mean, real big fish at a, at a larger scale were like, yeah, touring just constantly. Yeah, they the whole big fish just toured like 200, 250 days a year. And they would bring new people in. Yeah, definitely. They were kind of a gateway band for a lot of young kids who weren't part of the 90s, but they discovered cool. Ska maybe on like LimeWire or something. And sure. then, yeah, and then they like Real Big Fish, you know, and they played decent sized spaces. So for sure. Uh, and then there was even like the, um, Ska's Dead tour in the 2000s, mid 2000s, which was uh, led okay. by M- Mustard Plug, and they oh, were yeah. just they were putting together pretty big size rooms tours mm-hmm. with the kind of the bands that are still around, you know, whether if it was like Mustard Plug or Voodoo Glow Skulls or whoever, you know, and try to join forces and make it be bigger rooms. So that that was happening too. So, yeah, and you also have like the the trad ska scene was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, never super big, but never super small either. Jump Up Records kind of shifted to be more trad ska uh, after the 90s ska thing. At a, at a certain point, they kind of shifted in that direction and they really kind of focused their energy. And that's kind of where they're at now. Is Moon Ska still doing it? No, Moon Ska went bankrupt in like 2002 or 2001. Damn. They over- does, anyone own the, does anyone own the license for that? I'm not sure, actually. I, I mean, it's such a great IP. Yeah, that's such a cool yeah. brand. Like just the, the the marks, like the name, like all of it. And I mean, its history is like, yeah. Whew. Well, they way over leveraged because they were releasing a ton of records, like a ton. And then so outside of ska or just like pure ska, just all ska. But at, you know, at first they were releasing really good ska stuff in like the early mid '90s, and then mm-hmm. they kind of got to this point where they were just like releasing everything. And um, they just got, you know, the media was pushing the Ska's Dead thing and record stores were like reacting to that and returning. So Moon, one of the things that happened to Moon is that they got massive returns. They had just yeah, way, say, they way probably got pretty bloated. Yeah. But see, like Asian Man, you know, Asian Man had was kind of shifting away from Ska anyways, just yeah. more, yeah, more yeah. reflecting Mike's taste. Sure. So, so he did great, you know. He, he which wasn't. is like now dude like that's like the freaking format like like we we do a bunch of stuff like pure noise and like there's i think they lead the way in my opinion like with like 
how varied labels can be in yeah. a lot of ways. But then like, I don't know. I think about like, like I think Mike was like doing that, like you see ones that are kind of doing that. And it's like, that's the most interesting stuff, you know, is like mm-hmm. that ability to be like, yeah, we're not really defined by this though. Like, I don't know, Moonscott's in the fucking name and it's like part of the, such like such a part of their identity. It's yes. just interesting though. Like you could say the same, you know, like to see a label kind of like carry and introduce the sound to like a larger audience, you know, but then not be like stuck, not stuck, that's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Be like, yeah, to also make it out of that and still do other stuff at, yep. at, at as large or if not bigger scale. Yeah, Mike, Mike too, like if you look, if you look at the catalog and just go by year, you're really just yeah. following Mike's, <laughs> Mike's interests. Like you go, Hey, it's like a lot of ska stuff. And then it's kind of shifting to a little bit, the more like the Lawrence arms, you know, like the more emo yeah. stuff for a little while. And then, then we go into the sort of the bomb, the music industry, AJJ stuff for a little while, you know, now it's a little bit different too. So you're really just kind of following. And there was a period in there somewhere where he was like, he got really into like math rock for a little while, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you just like following his interests, you know, and he's just got, uh, he's got good taste and he's got a good sense of what people will like too. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I just, everything they do is cool. I just, I try and run the brand PBR, like, or at least my part of it is as much like a, a label and then on drugs as I can, you know. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ... How do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. I want to ask about the uh, the Rat Jams. This is something you did. Oh, yeah, we could do more of those. So you've done three so far, and they were started this year? Three, and then... RB had a band do one, I think. That's with our friend RB. So the you, we're talking about Get Tough, right? That's the person. Yeah, RB Get Tough. Now the music Get Tough plays is more like electronic-y chill stuff, but mm-hmm. Get Tough has done collaborations with Ska Two Network and uh, Franklers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so connected to Ska but not Ska. Exactly. The um the playlist. Let's let's um let's go. Cat. I don't know it very well to be okay. honest. Okay. <laughs> oh, no cat bite. Dude, I love cat bite. Cat bite? I'm like, yo. Cat bite, cat bite looks absolutely Cat bite is an ad agency. Cat it, cat bite. <laughs> when you're done, or if you want to do in addition to, or sometimes you want to do some other shit, just do advertising. These dudes are relentless. They're on it. They got the aesthetic. They're uh, on it all the time. They got a fucking trust built, loyal following. Of, uh, and I, dude, I, I love it. I fuck with cat bite. Heavy. What about the video they made? Papsed me up. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> what was what was your reaction when you saw this? Legend. <laughs> <laughs> what else could it be? I'm trying to like create essentially a roster of people that like just like do shit and like co-op their shit. And I'm trying to get Capite on my roster. So right. by the time Capite is hearing this, we'll probably have a little deal done. Yeah. Let's be real. Because I'm going into next year because we don't have no more agencies. We got rid of them. We just run the brand again, sort of like a merch table where it's like three or four of us and here's our shit. 
And then that allows us just transparency and then self-awareness to like, I feel like build the brand. Like I said, on like a few different scenes where it's like, we're really in them, you know? Yeah. And that's cool. We'll start, we'll, we'll go from there. We're getting really into fingerboarding next. <laughs> You're getting into what? I didn't hear that. Fingerboarding. Fingerboarding. You know what fingerboarding <laughs> is? going to get into Aaron? skateboarding. Is that like the thing you do skates with your fingers? Yeah, man. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's a whole world. Uh, and well, we're getting into skateboarding, but like, so is Nike. So we're going to do it through your hands and not your feet. Um, but that's kind of like the way. <laughs> Smart. I mean, otherwise you're just going to get roasted. Brands suck. I mean, it's not tight, you know? Yeah. But if you're going to market technically or whatever, like at least I think the best way to do it is just to be like self-aware, you know? And like, I don't know. I feel like Twitter is a space that like you can just, you're best off going that route. In my opinion, so I want to I want to run some. So we're gonna we're gonna go list the bands that uh, the ska bands that I noticed from the three playlists. Okay. And so we, we already go. mentioned Catbite. Catbite. Uh, and we we all love Catbite. Um, Kill. <laughs> Kill Lincoln. Kill Lincoln's on one of them. Oh yeah. We are the Union. Love. We are the Union. Um, How do you feel about the the Eve Six sound system cover they did? Dude, what's up? <laughs> that dude is on some other shit. I listened to that podcast. It was so cool to hear you guys talking with that dude because I was like, man, what is this dude about? And like, even though he, I feel like very much humanizes himself through like the Twitter. Sure. Um, it was very, it's like a next level of transparency and you can like hear his voice and shit. I was like, man, this dude's fucking, it's pretty cool. It's some thought provoking shit. Mm-hmm. yeah um so the cover i mean dude i don't know what's going on like there's <laughs> that there's like the lord jane gray shit there's riot fest i'm like is this the illuminati like is this the way it works where like technically it's not like a, a big thing it's like a series of like pretty big things that are working in tandem to bring operation ivy back to life you know yeah or is it just like coincident it's weird you know what I mean? Is that all in tandem? You know, we'll find out. It's not Illuminati. I mean, it's Scott Illuminati. <laughs> all right, let's go. Speaking and, of uh, Scott Illuminati, um, Mara Mosca. I don't. So I don't think they're on a. Dude, um, that's just pretty nice. So they they I don't think they're on one of the lists. But you tapes. did you did a uh, demo review of them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah. Okay, so PO box, send us your demos or tapes or. We, have, we can do CDs. Um, we'll listen to them and provide notes. Nice. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. What the fuck? We bought a, 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 a Sony Explode on eBay. What's that? What so is that? True. Um, it's like a boom box. It has like a red glowing oh, like light. Look up the Explode. X-P-L-O-D. Like that was the brand. It is sick. It is my personal favorite style of branding which is like 1999 oh yeah this is insane looking yeah that's what we're <laughs> on so you send us your shit we blast it on the explode 
and we'll hit you and we'll put yeah we'll put it out there and it's cool because the bands are like what's up and we're like thank you for sending us cool shit we like it incredible <laughs> i got my homie dill she does all like she's like starting to take over the peel box so she'll be like writing people note back sending stickers like sometimes she'll send me notes on the uh cds like yeah we just we're just working in tandem and like it's just diy shit though you know what i mean like yeah. we fuck with your mail you know yeah <laughs> we also got um just a couple more gray matter okay gray matter was on one of the lists does that do you i'm not familiar that? with gray matter okay you'd like them they're kind of like blue meanies yeah um bad operation was on one of the mixes i like that yeah and then uh then there's a band called omnigon do you remember that omnigon <laughs> i think I, I don't know i think it's is it in all caps no, no. it's it's my band it's his band <laughs> yeah all right cool all right it's cool. ex it's excellent katie dudes why do i know this <laughs> this is how i know this <laughs> hey, dude, shout out rb you got your shit on there let's go rb did it yeah let's go did uh did you have yeah any i mean conversation? i don't know i don't know enough you know what i mean like i mean i'm at these fucking hardcore deathmatch wrestling shows and like asking like mark questions to like the owner and like wrestlers and shit and they're like what the fuck and i'm like look i just know about it as of like you know a week ago or some shit so i only know <laughs> what i know but i recognize that like a lot of other people on the internet they only know as much as i know too <laughs> on our behalf i'm like yeah i don't know you tell me so like i can't put together a cool playlist i mean i'm trying every day to find new bands but we got so to much out there. In, we got to tap into the, i know that's what i'm saying but we got to tap into the whole world i mean the community the world like yo the brand can be yours like you tell us like i don't know like, if there was four <laughs> or four thousand of us i wouldn't say that that's enough to be like yes we are the regulators of what is cool sure so we're trying to figure it out, you know, because it's clearly not just wrestling and wrestling figures. <laughs> and ska. And ska. <laughs> and you know I'm in this shit, right? I mean, come on. That's, yeah. It's a good start, though, right a, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is, we're in this. Let's go. Um, there's a band that's, I know it's not a ska band, but there's a band called Hot Mulligan. We fuck with Hot Mulligan heavy. Hot Mulligan is a corporate PAPS artist. We yeah, They're part of PAPS corporate. We, we gave them a 1776 pack. What's we a 1776 a pack? We made up. Uh, we made four of these 1776 packs this year. 1776 pack uh, uh, cans of beer. <laughs> it was huge, and uh, we gave one to freaking Hot Mulligan, and Hot Mulligan. We fucking made a merchandise shirt with him. As we made a logo called Paps Corporate because on Twitter we would like, we go after them like as Paps like, Paps Corporate kindly requests. And like just have all these like crazy ass like corporate demands, you know. So yeah. anyway, we made a shirt, Paps corporate on the front, hot mulligan on the back. They sold five hundred of those bitches in twelve minutes. They never sold that many shirts that quick. I said, "Let's go." <laughs> we fuck with hot mulligan heavy. Do you? They're do going you, out there, dude. They were just on tour with freaking less than Jake and Newfound Glory. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you do you actually sponsor them? Because I, I think I saw that said. Yes. But I wasn't sure if it was, okay, so it's it was legit. a business transaction. The okay. 1776 packs. We don't have one right now, but I mean, if they need some shit, they'll just holler. We'll figure it out. But like, mm. I, I, yeah, we know we definitely. It was the it was a it was a corporate agreement. Paps corporate. Do you have a uh, mulligan? 
Do you do this with other brands? Corporate I mean, bands. <laughs> do we do it? Do we sign other, other bands? Yeah, yeah. Is this a one, deals? Is this a one-off or? So far, a one-off. I mean, uh, but I mean, we just do shit. Like my my homies are in story of the year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like they have a podcast, and it's like we just give them like you know a little money to like pay the rent each month. There and is some, give them some beers. So like we just do shit like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's what the brand. That that's all we can do. But that to me is the real shit. You know. There is a band. I don't know if uh, if you know this. There's a band that wrote a song about Paps called Paps Me Up. That would love to be sponsored. <laughs> Catbite? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go, Catbite. You're corporate this is, this now. What we're doing. This is manifesting. <laughs> yeah. I could see uh, Catbite at the Paps corporate table. Yeah. Sure. I think that they're going to have to, they're going to have to get, well, they're going to have to put their claws out there a little bit more is all I'm going to say. Okay. Because yeah. when you go corporate, it's just a little bit more cutthroat, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. we're looking at major labels and we're thinking, you know maybe this isn't the maybe this is the right way maybe there's something to learn from this so uh all i'm saying is that at paps corporate <laughs> i can't get going i'm fucking around so uh we kind of talked about this to some degree but i would love to kind of learn a little bit more about what what your role is yes are you the head of marketing no or, no okay so you're <laughs> The head of social. What is your title, anyways? I'm the brand manager of creative and communication. Okay, so Pabst Blue Ribbon marketing team, four people. My boss, head of marketing, me, all everything that you see or hear or look at from PBR. Rachel, all the product, everything you drink from PBR. Seamus, everything culture, all the merchandise, everything you wear or experience in real life from PBR. That's it. Got it. Okay. We oh, have an agency. We had a couple of them, big ones, expensive ones. We don't have them anymore. We used to be working with our friends and uh, going pretty good. When, when did sometimes you dump? Sometimes we have, sometimes we do crazy things though. When did you what? dump the agency? Uh, I don't know. We, this year. This year? Okay. And then we, and I, and then we, yeah. And that wasn't that long ago. And then we just been doing one-offs. I, I, I'm not speaking disparagingly. I, I, I don't mean to present it like that. We basically would just do like one-offs at this point though. You know, like the brand just moves it like it, it moves quick because when it is that small, it is like being in a band where like everyone has their job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we just like, because it's small and nimble and shit, it just requires that level of care, even from like an agency or a creative partner or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's like we're ready to like grind. So, um, so, so yeah, got, we just we yeah, that's so my you, job though is like to work on all that shit. So you before you did this, you were um, you started a, a donut shop, right? Called Strange Donuts. Uh, it was called Strange Donuts, and then uh, Good Fortune, a Chinese restaurant. That's also true. Um, and so then you went from that to Paps, then right? Uh huh. Did you were you kind of a marketing type person for these? companies or how did you land in marketing or social media um i was a copywriter in an ad agency when i first got out of school and then um i worked at another agency as a copywriter and then i wanted to start my own shit and like social media was like taken off and so i was like well donuts are good and so i started a donut <laughs> store basically online on kickstarter and like we had like ten thousand followers before the freaking thing even opened so wow 
it was like yeah like a, yeah i mean we had our first event was the it was called the strange one it's first annual pog invitational and it was a pog tournament <laughs> and it was fucking sick there was like 600 people there playing pogs wow so i was like oh, okay this is gonna be good so yeah we just did that and we did that in st louis and it allowed us to like open a few stores and like really just meet and know everyone in st louis which was super cool and like the city was about it and we were about it and it was just a good time so i did that for a couple no, a few years and then i actually sold my part uh the business to my partner i wanted to do some other shit and then so i started a restaurant um i did a bunch of consulting in between those two things but then i eventually opened a restaurant and it was like fancy fancy um and it was beautiful it turned into more like an art project at a certain point um but it it oh it was very eye opening at the same time too because I was like the operator and the marketer and everything this time versus the donuts it was a little bit more split, um. So learned a lot with that, but ultimately it did not it wasn't super successful in the end, and so when that closed, um again went back to just doing some freelance shit because like I said kind of have a. I know a bunch of people in St. Louis and can do a bunch of cool marketing stuff here, and there's a lot of actually really really cool things that are going on in St. Louis every day. So it's cool to still be connected to the city in that way. But um, after the restaurant closed, yeah, that's when I started working on this brand called Stag for Paps. And Stag is kind of like a smaller Midwest, like older mm. um, kind of country beer. I see. But Strange Donuts is still around, right? That people can go mm-hmm. swing by and grab Yeah, you can still go to Strange Donuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, if, if people are in town, what, what should they grab? What's your opinion? I'm the wrong person because when you own, when you own a donut store and you're a donut fan, before that you drastically you stop eating way you just stop eating donuts. So, so oh, okay. now my donut taste is just like the most classic things. All so right. like, I like a cake donut, a vanilla cake donut with chocolate icing, and like a glazed donut and milk. Always milk. So you guys know about the milk? What's the milk? It's PBR is milk. From- <laughs> what pbr with your milk. with your donut we're on milk you guys don't see the tweets about milk you don't see it no oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's a movement it's i mean it's a lifestyle and a movement but yeah milk. that's all i'm gonna say for now okay keep our eyes open yeah keep your mouths open too <laughs> we'll be right back after this Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. I'm really fascinated by the current state of uh, social media marketing by companies because let's go. I feel like even the most, you know, like Burger King or somebody, it's like the most insane tweets or whatever. And it's like, yeah. what's what is going on in this world? So they still can't say fuck though. They but you can't put right? the asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> You're damn right. Bro. <laughs> so do you have like look, let us be wild here. Let us be free. And they're like okay yeah tell me a little about the, the behind the scenes conversation what is what is the we're free 
did they just say like go you you know what to do or did they give you any parameters or no i mean at first it was like this is what but then i don't know and also some people came and some people went and in that time and uh i don't know then things were like oh okay and then like we just started like having you know some numbers to like look at and like statistically speaking it was going good and continues to go good so we're like well we'll just do more of this and then at a certain point i was like people stopped checking in on it so it's just is what it is now just no limit soldier biting butts no limit (laughs) (laughs) have you ever sent a tweet yeah did you ever send a tweet where you got a, a meeting and they said please don't do this no no that's all good <laughs> sometimes i do copyright oh i mean i'll be doing copyright stuff sometimes and jb our lawyer he's so cool he's like bro you gotta take it down he's like you can't have launchables on there and cigarettes and like <laughs> all right all right other than that though no not really no we're good so it's you- not crazy it's not mean it's, it's just like like i said it's like self-aware like when you're not I don't know when you're trying too hard. It, you know what it is. Yeah. So obviously, we just be trying. I'm just like, eh, just check in, be nice. People got try and answer questions that people have some, and then otherwise, just like want to use it as a platform to like, I don't know, be silly and then retweet cool shit that's happening in you know our world or whatever. Have you ever had to delete any tweets <laughs> other mm. than the Lunchables thing? <laughs> i didn't delete it i just didn't do it again oh okay um, gotcha but no i don't think uh no amazing no who got the who got the the ska bucket hats i mean we sold them you guys were just i thought you were giving, giving a couple them. away yeah maybe still <laughs> does all the merch stuff now okay that shit takes forever because it, it is getting so bad It'd be like four or five, not that, yeah, yeah, that long. Three, four months, people would be like, hey, I I won the thing, and like just not have it, you know? <laughs> so I got Dylan, we got like an Excel doc, and like, dude, it's so cool. Like, perhaps it's like, it is tight working for a legit company, though, because they'll be like, they have like a customer success team, mm-hmm. and Christy, and she's a G, she's just like, I got you, she's like, I'll send you the boxes, I'll send you all the labels. Like, so now we got a whole system. So when people like win that shit, yeah. and it's important to do that shit. Cause like it, it, it's, it gets numbers. Like it gets metrics. Like if you look at like the bigger, like the Bud Light and Natty Light, like that's a big part of their plan. It's like retweet the fuck out of some t-shirts, you know? Yeah. Um, but so if we're going to, we need to, we got to get better at it. So I was like, all right, I got to get deal. And so that why we, that way when you're like, who got those? I was like, I have no fucking idea because i suck like i was just like but Corey, you, know, you know who DMs needs them right before. you know who needs those bucket hats our friends in cap oh, yeah sponsor artist cap you, you gotta put those on cap by sense they need them yeah done yeah okay. good this podcast did it's signed cap bite cap's <laughs> corporate for 2022 so <laughs> i just, I just want to get those those done. bucket hats on on my friends bucket hats for cat bite I could see it. I could see custom embroidered ones. Ooh, with their names? Like a like yeah. they do at Disneyland? Yeah. I could yeah. see Cat Bite having their own cartoon show. Yeah. I could see that too. Sponsored by yeah, uh, like the Last Dinosaur yeah. shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That'd be fucking sick, actually. 
Yeah, 2022 is looking pretty good right now. Ah. We'll get we'll get Laszlo from Asian Man Records to draw the. Oh, that'd be fucking. Could you guys see it for real? Yes, like a, like a three I mean, part like YouTube. Laszlo, like Laszlo, like few episodes. Drew uh, drew them as as a uh, Scooby Doo characters, right? For when they found uh, Mannequin Pussy's fan. Yeah, yeah. So we've this already got it. the mock up art. We're ready Fuck to go. Hey. Yeah, we got the molds. That's in the figure game. The molds. That's the money. <laughs> yeah. You get the molds. You're invested. You're like, fuck it. We can just switch arms. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so you, are you familiar with that story? How they they found mannequin pussy's touring I'm not. van? Again, okay. this is the shit I don't know about. Okay. So mannequin pussy, I know about them. When did okay. their van go missing? Uh, this was uh, last year, 2020, uh, and then Capite found it for them. They rescued the van. So this what? is the this is the plot of the first episode. By the way. Damn. Yeah. And so yeah. Where did this happen? Because they both yeah, live in the go. same in Philly. Yeah, they both live in the same city. That's part of why it happened. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Wait, wait, wait. So you're you so the, who's the who did the illustration? Uh oh. Laszlo or, or Gilbert. He worked at Asian Man for a while. I don't know who that is either. He's oh, got great artists. Can connect me with this shit after yeah, the fact? Absolutely. All, all right. right. I will because if I can connect it, we'll we'll get this going. Yeah. Okay. Catbite signed. Cat bite bucket hats. Cat bite embroidered bucket hats. Embroidered bucket. Embroidered bucket hats. And yes, yes. And cat bite number four cartoon show. Yes. This is yeah. Damn. This is a cat bite infomercial. (laughs) Basically. Hell yeah. So so being uh you know working the social media at uh Pabst is like kind of educated you on some of the newer ska bands ultimately then right? For sure. Would you say that that's the best part of your job? <laughs> it's the second best part of my job. The All first right. is being really in tune with the current wrestling figure action. Okay. Market. And then the second is. The and then Scott. Yes, 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 Scott. yes, yes. The, the, the constant discovery of Scott. Yeah. What's up with the bands though, dude? A lot of the bands. I feel like it was a long time ago, which doesn't help. And that like, if it was a long time, it was 20 years from now, it might be different. But hear me out, like 20 years ago from, 20 years ago from now though, there like wasn't the technology. So like a lot of bands, if they didn't like adopt a MySpace or, you know what I'm saying? They're not like on Twitter and shit. Oh yeah, all that stuff's gone now. Isn't that wild? Because like bands yeah. now, they probably will. You'll probably still be able to like know what's up with Johnny Sacco on like Instagram, you know? Yeah. You might know what's up with Johnny Sacco. I, I, they're crushing it. Yeah. Just look at the You know what I'm saying though? It's like, yeah. it just like, it just like, there's a whole gen of like, I don't know. It was kind of, they were going out when that shit was coming in. So it's like, did we lose some of that? I'm not, I'm not sure. It's cool to hear though. From this podcast, I feel from this conversation, I think the thing I take with me the most is the understanding and explanation, which I appreciate, of the fact that like the scene now is still very much carried by a generation of artists that are like directly influenced by us, like what we're talking about. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's super cool. Yeah. And then, what do you think the next? Because if that's correct, then we should be either on or in sort of a new generation then too and what does that look like absolutely i mean every year you've got a whole new batch of teenage kids that find out about music and then those yeah. are the next generation of kids that start bands and it just continues and 
you know, eventually there'll be some other sick band that'll be like, oh yeah, Capite was my entryway into Scott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So like, what is the scene? Like, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see that. Do you yeah. see that scene like forming yet? I mean, I, I'm aware of bands, you know, that are out there. I, I think like what, what's what part of what's happening is a thing related to ska is that you have to be kind of good to be a good ska band, right? Cause it's like, there's like a lot of this yeah. rhythm, there's horns. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of, a lot of the bands that you see that like, like we we're talking about before that are new quote unquote new that are like, have awesome songs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're new and awesome because they've played long enough that they can be good enough. And yeah. So I think yeah, a lot yeah. of the bands that are you're going to see in five, ten years, they're probably playing now and they're still getting there, and they will get there eventually, and they'll be really good. Um, you know, it's a little easier when you're a three piece punk band to sort of like <laughs> whip out some, you know, pretty good songs without too much skill. Uh, I don't think it's as possible with ska. I think you need a little bit more. You need to bring a little bit more to the table. That's interesting, man, because it's also like, especially in the era of like, well, I just do everything on my macbook you know what i mean like mm-hmm. ska's really far from that oh there, there's some artists there's some artists that i mean scott yeah, like eichler's yeah eichler's does you know everything on a laptop and uh, uh tape girl tape girl's all like bedroom pop but like ska and very mm-hmm. very oh, influenced cool. by uh cool. bomb the music cool. industry well we'll see and you know i think you know for people who are 25 you know i think this, they, they might their view of music might be a little different in yeah. terms of like yeah that being an adjacent scene you know people, are, people who are older probably liked electronic music but they didn't see it as an adjacent scene to punk and ska but i think younger That's people do i think i yeah. think now you'll you will see that I yeah 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 so, a, a yeah, 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 yeah like do you think like so like ska is not as like directly like it's not next to punk per se well it is but it's also next to other things too mm-hmm. fair enough yeah so which is in a way that it was maybe traditionally like well not only but you you know what i'm saying like it was magnetized in a way Mm -hmm. to like scott specifically to like punk it felt like or reggae i mean you know what i'm saying though like the way that people access music now it's like people are and kids are just into so many different things that it's like Oh, it's fascinating. I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm me too. I'm, I'm continuously inspired by it. Like, I don't, I'm never like, man, where earlier when I was talking about, like, uh, I was like, yeah, you would, you like to be a fan was like much more manual, you know, but that's like not something I'm like begrudging about. Like, if I, I was it, a fan now as a kid, I would like, all I would do is be on YouTube and my iPad. Sure. Like, what, whatever the, whatever the younger generation does. And the influences that they would mix with ska that I would never think to do, or, or our peers would never think to do, that's like really interesting to me. You know, For even, sure. if, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't appeal to me, I'm really interested in those kinds of like surprises. Like, oh, would never have done that myself, but that's awesome that you're doing that. I so. think it's cool that that's the yeah, that's the kind of mindset that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just with keep the it open minded. Yeah, with like, but, but having the podcast, having the book, and shit, you know what I mean? Because like, mm-hmm. you could take a very different position than the one that, than the one, the one that you guys have taken, you know? Yeah, definitely. Which is super cool, and I think that that's how. Oh no, that's how it does continue to go on. People don't call it still waves, do they? Not really. Nah. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say like that doesn't seem to like it would line up with this mindset. I, I think the wave mindset isn't really. Yeah, 
It's not very accurate. Like what? Like the eleventh or some shit. So I'd be like, come yeah. on. Now. Can't wait for the twelfth wave. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I could see. I could see emo though holding on to the wave. Yeah, emo seems to way. really be hanging on to waves, and I feel like they they talk about like fifth and sixth wave at this point. Emo is down with waves because emo. <laughs> Yes. Not as happy-go-lucky as Scott. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> more drama, and that's you know, it's sure. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I love emo almost as much as Scott. Almost. It's the third favorite thing for you. Emo Scott. Scott never saw that crossover too much. Saw a lot of Scott bands become emo bands, but I guess RX Bandits maybe. I'm a little more proggy, but I think a lot of the younger generation grew up liking Scott and emo. So yeah. I think there's yeah. elements, yeah. Did, didn't frenzy fiber and frenzy emo I like hymns like like that's why like i see but i look back in time i was like oh that was like like traditional like christian chords and such mm-hmm. yeah i was like oh that's why that's because i was just thinking about like the emo like there's not really an emo ska sound but that some of their songs are kind of they kind of are mm-hmm. i'd say i mean we are the union they're kind of they get labeled emo and ska. At the same emo time. and ska. Yeah, yeah. but I Hell think yeah. they do it really well. Yeah, I could. Yeah, okay, okay, okay yeah, yeah. I like. I, I like. I like to see it all blend together. Yeah, it's cool. It's an exciting time. Uh, I mean, I think the podcast, like you guys will say, you guys, like the book, all that's just like living proof of like there's such an interest in the scene and just in scenes in general. I think that's like the most interesting thing. You can find whole communities within like a niche of a niche actually within a niche usually you know what i mean through a hashtag or through a patreon or through a facebook group or a twitter conversation or whatever it is i think that's like the coolest thing and so like pbr to be connected to this one is it's just fun it's fun to like jump into this conversation that we had here and like just bullshit you know what i mean and understand but to be like oh yeah yeah okay this okay yeah like i'm like yo can you email me this and this and this and this like that's your guy like that's the whole thing you know what I mean? Like that's your guy's main world. And I mm-hmm. love to just like find people and like listen and learn from them. You know what I mean? Who are super passionate about their thing. And like, what is that? And what can I learn from it in that time? So it's yeah. been cool. I feel like I, I just Twitter, you can kind of get in the inside. You know what I mean? You can kind of see what's going on, but to spend some time with y'all and break it down and like hear like that's super cool. Nice. Love it. And we got cat bite signed. So and cat bite signed. Okay. Cat signed. Love it. <laughs> no I big think, deal, you know. What about us? We need to get signed. Yeah. What about uh sponsoring? Do you sponsor any other podcasts? Oh, wrestling figures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one called the Lapsed Fan, which dude. Yeah. Does that, I mean, that there's 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 not another one that you're considering, perhaps? Um <laughs> anything come to know. your mind? <laughs> so i don't are you guys into wrestling <laughs> i mean we uh, mike park scott, took, us, took me to see uh mike park took me to to see wwe yeah was there a scott wrestling cross not really not really no, not no, really. really which is wild because there was a lot of other crossover like you mentioned no limit earlier like there was definitely no limit in wcw at the time yeah. which was sick um crossover scott no not really but I mean, I guess there was um, what's his face, the straight edge guy, CM Punk. Like he was sure. into Rant. But CM Punk, and, that's and his Rant magic. Pretty magic. Much Scott Punk. That's CM Punk's magic. The way you just said that, so many people fucking love that dude. 
he is like two degrees away from a bunch of cool shit and a bunch of like cult shit it's pretty cool to see he definitely yeah you said scott which is true i never even thought about through that level but like i always refer to him as like he is kind of like why diy slash indie wrestling he's a big part of what it is today sure he like really gets his own and then again he's from the punk scene though he gets his his brand is a band and vice versa so uh have you ever seen the movie midnight madness <laughs> Sound is that is that a, it's like a horror movie or no it's it's Michael J Fox's first movie from 1980 of Cardona was talking of, about this. the wrestling figure podcast students. dude was talking about this they it's they like have a to do scavenger a, hunt. a, a yeah. scavenger hunt competition and one of the things they have to do is go to the Paps Blue Ribbon Brewing Plant I guess really and then one of the characters uh-huh. like climbs into a vat of beer and then and then I think proceeds to drink the entire vat of beer <laughs> let's fucking go dude i yeah. didn't know about this at all yeah so what what i'm trying to say is i i really would like paps blue ribbon to try because it's a disney ip i would really like paps to put pressure on disney to get it up on disney plus damn because so <laughs> it's disney? only available on that vhs scares me. Scares me it's disney because it's like it has like uh frankenstein and like right I'm not, does it have Frankenstein in it? I thought it, but it's like, they're like characters, like, right? Like uh, Dracula, like, or no. I'm not sure. I'm not no, sure. no, no. This is just like, they're just like, like college students. Yeah, yeah. Oh, has, yeah. Has the dude, another, has the dude from the, the Dr. Pepper commercial in it. And then it has Michael J. Fox and he's like a little teenage brat in it. Is Pee Wee Herman in this? Pee Wee Herman's in it for a second. Why are yeah. they holding it back? I have no idea. It's a great it's movie. A, yeah, it's classic. Yeah. Something must be up with that. We must have the Grateful Dead or the Beatles or some shit in that thing that you don't know about. (laughs) We're never bringing this out. Thank you so much for listening to In Defense of Ska. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe to the show wherever you normally download podcasts. If you haven't already, Grab a copy of my book, In Defense of Ska, available at clashbooks.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's at In Defense of Ska. You can also sign up for my newsletter at aaroncarnes.substack.com. You will get the podcast sent directly to your inbox every Wednesday. In Defense of Ska would not be possible without the great team that tirelessly works on it every week so you should go check out their other projects as well. Co-host Adam Davis has a great band called Omnigon. Give them a follow on Instagram. It's simply at Omnigon. And our editor, Chris Reeves, has a phenomenal record label and podcast called Ska Punk International. For more information, go to skapunkinternational.com. And on that note, we leave you by saying Ska now more than ever. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.